0: Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. Mm-hmm. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Woo! Yeah, this yeah. is a special holiday edition of the Pacific Northwest Showdown, and it is episode fourteen. I love that we've been doing this long enough now that we get to have like special episodes. It's yeah. very exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. We hope that you like the intros today. Yeah, we are changing up the music on you a little bit for this holiday edition. I do love seasonal things, so, so. we hope that you enjoy it. Yeah. We do have a very special guest joining us later on mm-hmm. in the podcast this mm-hmm. week, and that is Seattle Seawolves rugby player, Brad Tucker, yes. who hails from New Zealand. So excited. And we look forward to talking about the Seawolves and the rugby team on this week's episode. So be sure to stay tuned to hear us talk about Brad Tucker and the yeah. Seawolves. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. I'm super excited about it. And um, yeah, we do want to, you know, wish him Merry Christmas and Happy holidays to our listeners this week. And, you know, we we wish you safe travels, good health, abundance of peace and love this season. And, you know, just remember to take care of yourself and take care of, you know, how you're feeling and your needs and, and all of that too. That's pretty important this holiday season as well. We know that this time of year can be a lot of fun for many people and it can be a difficult time for others. Yeah. So just make sure you're checking in with yourselves. Try to be in the present moment as much as you can be. Yep. And, um, yeah. And if you need to escape and hide in a bathroom for a few minutes or something like then, you know, do that if you need to, that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Nobody wants to question like tummy trouble. So if you you need, if you need an escape route, just be like, oh, I just, I I have some tummy issues. My tummy's bothering me and people just go, okay, yep. Nope. And they don't want to ask questions. So that's a great, that's a great way if you need a few minutes to yourself. Yeah. Hey, Kate, do you want to share our Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week? You know, I do. You know, I do. So, um, so this week, uh, Jamal Adams shared a quote on his Instagram that seemed like it was pretty meaningful to him mm-hmm. paired with photos of his rehabilitation rehabilitation process yeah. after having surgery on his torn labrum. So mm-hmm. it said, if you quit now, you'll end up where you first began. And when you first began, you were desperate to be where you are right now. Keep going. What a good, like just words of wisdom, right? I mean, he's got to be frustrated with the situation too, right? And it probably would feel pretty easy to give up or to just be like so frustrated that you just don't put in your all, you know? And I just thought that was a great quote that sort of gets you to sort of refocus on what's the priority, what's important. Well, and also to remember that what you've done to get where you are required mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. mental, emotional, physical energy. Yeah. yeah, and so when there's setbacks in life, when there's those obstacles, to remember, like, okay, well, what did it take to get here, and is it worth letting all of that work and effort and time? Sure, to let it go mm-hmm. based on those current circumstances, or do you view it as a setback and to say, like, it's not worth completely discarding everything I've worked
1: Absolutely. so hard for to get to this yeah. point
0: so I'm just going to keep pushing further and continue to better myself yeah and to see myself you know whether it's a athlete back on the field or on a court or if it's you and your real life day to day you know whether it's your job whether it's with your family whether it's on your personal growth and development yeah we all can experience setbacks in different ways towards our goals or towards our needs. Oh, for but sure. it doesn't mean that you have to stop. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, I'm not an athlete. I've never actually really been uh, great at sports, even though I've tried a couple of times. Um, but I think, you know, just non sports life, non athlete related, this quote is great. Right. I mean, I know that there's been lots of times, um, that I've been frustrated or had a hard time with something and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. But you know, you work so hard to get to that spot and to just give it all up. You know, it's, it's sort of like disrespectful to your former self, like to past Kate, you know, if I just were yeah. to give up, it's like, okay, past Kate, like, sorry that all that stuff was like hard and you put all that time in, but now present Kate just doesn't care. You know, you know, they talk about like that analogy with, you know, if you're driving along and you get a flat tire, like, are you just going to stop and hang out on the side of the road and not go anywhere? Or are you going to fix the flat tire and keep going? Yeah. Right. Hey, yeah. It's the same. It's, that's a great way to think about it too. That's, that's helpful. Cause I think we've all had those sort of situations mm-hmm. too. So Yeah. So Jamal Adams, we wish you the best on your rehab and getting all that together. Keep sticking with it. Obviously the rest of you out there, you stick with it too. Whatever it is that you are struggling with or having a hard time with, um, surround yourself with good people with support. That's the most important thing to get through hardships Mm -hmm. is to have good, solid people around you who will encourage you, who will listen to you and, and support you in the ways that you need. So that is the Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week. Coming up next is the Showdown Lowdown. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown. You were almost singing it that time. I don't know what you're talking you about. You were trying to steal my thunder there with my with my normal with my normal Showdown Lowdown singing. Well, no, I I'll have, just no, nope, I'll don't just say it regularly. Mm-hmm. Showdown lowdown. There you go. That's all you get this week. How basic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the showdown lowdown is our Pacific Northwest sports news and updates, review of wins and losses across the leagues and important updates that you all should be aware of. Yeah. So let's dive in with the OL rain. So the uh, NWSL draft, Took place last Thursday, mm-hmm. and the OL Reign picked up six p- new players. They got three forwards, two midfielders, and one goaltender. And then they also brokered a trade with Orlando Pride for Phoebe McLernan for two future draft picks, um, one in 22 and one mm-hmm. in 23, and two current players. Additionally, they traded their 15th pick to the Washington Spirit for $85,000 in allocation money. So Allocation money is a part of the salary system so that teams can add to the cap. So they have the overall salary cap for the team. And then they can get up to an additional $400,000 added to that in order to help uh, give extra pay mm-hmm. to players that have reached the salary maximum. Now, the salary maximum for the NWSL is $52,500. And so... Um, that might be surprising considering, like, some these of are the professional talent. athletes, yeah. right? Knowing... Yes. Now, this is where they talk about the discrepancy between... I, I'd be curious to look at what the sounders are, yeah. the discrepancy between men and women's sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, there's two absolutelys. If, if you're a previous listener... Oh, geez. Sorry that you're having to take shots right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but so um, it was also newly agreed upon that the uh, U.S. soccer would stop paying the salaries of national team players to play in the NWSL like they had been since 2013. So previously, if you were on the U.S. women's national team for soccer, um, U.S. soccer was basically paying mm-hmm. the salary of those players. Um, so now the um, kind of all the players in the league, um, they'll be able to be represented by the NWSL. So the, the players from the national team, from what I understand – Kind of weren't being represented the same way, right? Um, and and all of that. And so the allocation money that teams can access can now be used to pay these players specifically, instead of having U.S. Soccer foot the bill. So it seems like in terms of how allocation money is being used, it's sort of like, I guess it's sort of being used in a similar way. Um, but I will say this is a whole new concept for me to learn about. So if I've made any mistakes in here, please just you know. Go easy it's, on it. But, no, I, I but think you did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that is, thank you for sharing those updates yeah. for the OL reign yeah. this week. The Seattle Storm, Sue Bird was honored as the 2021 USA Basketball Female Athlete of the Year this past week. Mm-hmm. So USA Basketball has awarded the Female Athlete of the Year Award since 1980. Wow. And Sue Bird did share some words on what this honor meant to her. She said, I've been so lucky to be a part of the USA basketball program and to play alongside our country's best. This award is a reflection of that, and I couldn't be more honored to be named the USA basketball female athlete of the year. Bird continues, winning gold medals is never about one player, and so I'd be remiss if I didn't give the bulk of the credit to my teammates and coaches. Again, I've been so lucky to put this uniform on as long as I have. And winning gold in Tokyo couldn't have been more of a team effort. She's just such a great person and such a great player. It's, I just love it. I just love it. So congrats to Sue Bird Mm -hmm. with that honor. Yes. And come back for the storm, Sue Bird. Come back. We're going to say it every week. Come back, Sue Bird. Be there for Climate Pledge. Yes. Um. That's awesome. I'm super excited. Speaking about of Climate all. Pledge. Speaking of Climate Pledge, let's talk about the Kraken, right? So COVID has become, I mean, as we all know, it's a real issue. It but, has been a real um, issue. There's been so yep. many more uh, breakthrough cases, even for vaccinated players as all the new variants continue to come through and are sort of making the vaccines um, less effective at preventing people from getting it. But it seems like it, they're still continuing to help prevent the severe illnesses, which is what they were really really intended, right, to keep people out of the hospital. And so those who are vaccinated and boosted, um, if if it has a breakthrough, it seems to be less, which is good. But the Kraken and Toronto Maple Leafs game had to postpone their game on the 19th, Sunday the 19th, because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then um, an an agreement with the NHL Players Association, they decided to postpone all games involving cross-border travel through the holiday break. Um, so the Kraken's game against the Arizona Coyotes, or the Coyotes, we heard it both ways when we were listening to it last time. Mm-hmm. Um, for Tuesday, December twenty-first was also postponed due to the COVID outbreak amongst the NHL. So right now, mm-hmm. as we speak, the next Kraken game is set to be played against the Vancouver Canucks on December twenty-seventh at seven. So hopefully that game can still happen, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes, especially over the holiday weekend. Exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully everybody will be okay and that they can play, but, and that's the most important part is is that people are okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's more important than, than anything else. But speaking of people that are not okay, there's some news that's not necessarily fun to share. Um, Brandon Tanev, who is one of the Seattle, Seattle Krakens top players and someone the fans love. Um, he looks to be out for the remainder of the season due to potentially needing some season uh, ending surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, he's seeking a second opinion. he had an MRI. Um, he left the the last game or the last uh, match with a lower body injury, yeah. um, needed some help getting off the ice. And they haven't said exactly what the um, injury, injury is, is, but yeah, he had an MRI. He's seeking a second opinion. Um, but yeah, he's currently on injured reserve and that's kind of where we're at at this point with him. So we wish him the speediest of recoveries, maybe a turbo recovery, yes, even the turbo um, recovery. And yeah. So speaking of a continued issue with COVID yes. in the sports, yes, the Seattle Seahawks game was postponed from Sunday, December nineteenth, to last night, Tuesday, December twenty-first, mm-hmm. due to a massive COVID nineteen outbreak, leaving twenty-four of the Rams players on the reserve COVID list, which is why they postponed the game from Sunday to today, originally Tuesday. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, um, at the time that that was determined, the Seahawks only had two of their players on the reserve COVID list. And that was Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins. Mm -hmm. So as Rams players started to be cleared to play yesterday for Mm -hmm. Tuesday, more Seahawks players tested positive and were put on the COVID reserve list. Yeah. So by game time yesterday, um, I believe it was like 18 Rams players were on the COVID reserve list, and then nine Seahawks were on the list. Uh, yeah. So what's kind of frustrating to me is that like they played yesterday, but there was actually more players between the two teams that were on the reserve er, list than there was on Sunday. Yeah, it's just but I guess Rams the Rams couldn't less, even field a team. They wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. So. so. Um, I have feelings about all of oh, that. And she will share them in the hobby analysis. <laughs> Um, But the game ended in a loss for the Seahawks and a win for the NFL and the refs who truly had a hand in this game. So congrats to the league in dictating the outcome of this game. Yeah, absolutely. And we will definitely discuss more of that in the Hawkeye analysis. Yes. Yes. But for, you know, let's focus on some positives here for a second with our Pacific Northwest player of the week. And so, you know, out of everybody who excelled through the week, you know, we... Last night's game with the Seahawks, Carlos Dunlap, he had 3 solo sacks on the night against the Rams and oh my gosh, that guy. Like what? What a show. For his he's a veteran, he, yeah. for his I hate bringing up age all the time, but for his like he's still a solid defensive end. Mm-hmm. And he he's a difference maker on this team and yes. he should be on the field as much as they can keep him on. Yes, that he really should. He made a huge difference last night and I mean With the way the game was going, you know, it was just those sacks were, those were super important. So they were. Thank you for sharing our Pacific Northwest Athlete of the Week. Mm -hmm. Coming up next is a Hawkeye analysis. It is time for the Hawkeye analysis segment. Where we break down the Seahawks game, which Mm -hmm. let's just say before we get into this, because I know you have really great points to make. Let's just say earlier when we said that, you know, congrats to the league and to the refs and everything, you know, if you've been listening to us, we are not people who like to, you know, quote, blame other folks for things that happen. And we're not like those, those people that are just like, it was totally rigged. And like, we don't do that on this show. Like that's not what we're all about. But last night's game was very different. There were some calls that truly could have changed the outcome of the game. Now I'm still going to, in this segment hold yes. accountable the team for their lack of success on offense But yes, there were some calls that had that the refs made that did change the outcome of the game that either should have been called or should not have been called in the Rams' favor. Yes. And so I'm a little bitter about how that game went. And, but let's go ahead and just like focus in on the Seahawks, what they did. Yep what they did not do, how they can, you know, what they need to do to be better. Yes. So on the offensive side, we always start on the offense to start off the Hawkeye analysis. And I would say that the offense really struggled without Tyler Lockett on the field. Yeah, they did. The, the receivers either. His, I mean, his sneaky, like speediness of like getting to places you in know, the open, was, his scrambling ability yeah, scrambling. Cause I do say, I do think that the reason that Russell Wilson sometimes look looks as good as he does is because of Tyler Lockett's ability to know when to start scrambling and where to find the open field for Mm -hmm. Russell to be able to pass to him and he can get there he can get there he can make it so and there's something to be said about being a great receiver on a scrambled drill some receivers aren't necessarily great at it yeah um, I do have to say that Russell Wilson was missing his targets a lot yep. more again in this game, which yep. he looked good the last two games. And then this game. What happened? You know, he I'm gonna say it, he held on to the ball when he had he had time.
1: Yeah. And
0: he'd he'd get sacks. He get, you know, get sacked. Yeah. But he wouldn't throw the ball away. He's still looking downfield for someone to get open. He He's not scrambling. And the the O-line was giving him some time. They were. Against a really great Rams defensive line. There were a couple plays where, of course, they broke through, but they're an excellent defensive line. Yes. But overall, there were a handful of times where Russell Wilson had time. Yeah. And And didn't do anything with it, really. And when I want to give DK some credit because DK looked good. He was beating Ramsey over the top. Wilson... Mm -hmm under throwing it giving Ramsey time to get a pass defense like you need to it it, it was really interesting seeing Russell Wilson again struggle with his placement of the ball it's like for me I I was watching it thinking like it's like he was told hey you've got to get it to DK more you've got to target DK more so he was like all right I'm gonna try and then like it just didn't work out like so now it's like well DK was open he should have been passing it to him yeah and with lock it out you sh- like even, you know, I had shared something on Twitter that lots of people were giving me like, they're like, this is a horrible take. And I get it. Cause I didn't think about the extra component of, okay, it's yes. It's Ramsey. Yes. They might double team DK, but Ramsey wasn't actually shadowing DK that whole game. Like mm-hmm. everybody was saying that he would, and DK wasn't necessarily being double teamed to that whole game mm-hmm. either. So he should have had a huge game and Even when you have the best wide receivers in on the game, they can have the best cornerback and they're still able to, you know, make excellent catches to have a dominant game. Yep. So if DK is as good as everybody says he is, Mm -hmm. well, first of all, Russell Wilson does need to put it where DK can catch it. Yeah. And you know, I said last night, it's like a relationship, right? It takes two Mm -hmm. people and those two people have to click. You have to know where they're going to be. You have to have that trust. Yeah. And this year I've really seen that. I I feel like there is a little bit of a struggle. They might need some for them to connect. They need some couples counseling, you know, because yeah, I feel like there, maybe there is some hurt feelings there. Maybe there is some, you know, some lack of trust there—that's kind of getting in the way, right? Your your mentality, Ego, your lack mentality of trust, comes mentality. into a lot, right? So, how you're how you're thinking about things. So maybe they need to work some things out. And you know, there's not much, honestly, I have to say about the offense in this game. There wasn't much of the offense at all. Um, Penny did have in the beginning of the game a few mm-hmm. solid runs, mm-hmm. but the Seahawks struggled to get the run game going you know, except for DJ Dallas it was looking good. Yeah, he came in and I'm he scored the only out. touchdown of the night. Yep. So credit words due there. Um, but th- again, they just really struggled to keep any sustained drive yeah. on offense. Mm-hmm. So here's what, you know, I think the Seahawks need to do in the offseason. I do think that they need to make some drastic changes, um, if they don't want to see another season like this mm-hmm. in 2022, it's, mm-hmm. it's so confusing to me. Cause I feel like when I look at the offensive roster yeah, that I'm impressed by the yeah, names on we've the list, got great, we've got great. So people. I am sometimes confused why our offense isn't more like successful. Yeah. And so. Here's what I think needs to happen in the offseason. Okay. Offensive line needs could be revamped. I say keep Gabe Jackson and Damian loose and you have three spots to fill All that right. left tackle, center, and, and right tackle. And I've been saying that it has to be the number one priority is an offensive line. Yeah. Number one priority. Sure. If you have an offensive line that can give more time, you're going to see your receivers get open. Absolutely. But it has to be the right play calls. Yes. Right, and so I also would say that you need a more dominant wide receiver three to pair with Lockett and DK. Mm -hmm. Now we picked up D. Eskridge in the you know the second round of the draft this year, Mm -hmm. but I'm not seeing him really shine at this point. And we need a more dominant wide receiver three to pull defenders away from Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. We need to open it up more. Yeah. And I said this earlier on in the season and people were coming and saying, well, no, because then that's taking targets away from DK Metcalf. We don't want DK to be a drama queen. He's, he's not, getting, not getting, well, targets. he's getting targets, but it's, it's not either the passes are off. He's dropped a few that he should catch. It's, it hasn't been pretty, but we need a true mm-hmm. wide receiver three that, other teams you know yeah can fear in some way it'd be helpful you know i think about the tampa bay bucks when of course now they have like all of them are injured not on the list which is really unfortunate but when they had antonio brown mike evans and chris uh, godwin oh yeah that's like a trifecta that's a, that's of amazing incredible
1: yeah receivers
0: So, you get a potent offense with receivers like that. And then you also have, you know, Gronk at tight end. Yeah. You know, at the very beginning of the season, yeah. Before injuries happened and all of that, Tampa Bay offense looked unstoppable to me. Yeah. So, that's what the Seahawks need to look into and invest in. They need to utilize their tight ends underneath. There have been a few games in the last, you know, the last two games or so where we were seeing more tight end utilization. Yeah. But, Sure, ever had a couple games. i don't see russell wilson using the short game as much he mm-hmm. always wants to look downfield which is great we love seeing those long catches yeah, but i also love seeing first downs mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so i don't know if that's on russell wilson if that's on the play calling i do think that shane waldron's offense has been awful all season and i do think they need to replace him which is unfortunate because it just sounded like it was going to be so good I think that the there was so much really hype disappointing right behind Shane Waldron's offense. And the, the reason this is unfortunate that they do need to invest in a new offensive coordinator is because it takes time for a quarterback yeah. in an offense to get mm-hmm. the plays down to get some sort of synchronicity. Yeah. Just like yeah. the relationship built, mm-hmm. but they need to do something because if they keep the same coordinator, the same style, they're not going to see any success. Yeah. Something's season. not working for sure. And is it Russell Wilson? Is it Shane Waldron and his play calling? Is it just a combination? It Pete like maybe Carroll. They're not. Maybe it's just not a great combination. Is it the receivers not getting open on their routes, and that leaves Russell high and dry? Is it the offense? So there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. that I think that we all need to remember. That goes into what makes an offense. It's not one sided. It's not one person. It but there needs to be a huge shake up if they don't want to have the same result in 2022. Yes, I would agree. All right. So moving on to the defense, defense, defense was sexy last night. I mean, you were, if I was more insecure, I would have been concerned, but (laughs) I I'm very confident in, in our relationship, but yes, you were, calling, you were calling so many people sexy last night. We'll go through that list here in a oh couple minutes. Gosh, yeah. um, but the defense continued to give the offense plenty of chances to be successful by holding the Rams to just three points by the half. I know. And then 10 points through three quarters. It was impressive. So they gave – they have been – Great, I I actually I have to say that the defense has been impressing me. Pulled it together, especially with the fact that we don't have we didn't have our top cornerback with DJ Reed out there on the field. You had bless Austin out there, and then he ended up getting injured, and so John Reed had to come in. So then we were down to our third string right corner, and and they did overall a decent job. Um, so Mm -hmm. I did live tweet during. This game, which may or may not have been a good idea,
1: I mean, Um, depending
0: on when you hear this, if you want to go back and try to read (laughs) through it, it's a lot, but it's it's a lot, but it's fun. So I, I did hand out some sexy awards throughout the game for players when they had good plays, and so those sexy awards went mostly to players on defense. And here are the recipients. (laughs) Number one, Carlos Dunlap with three sacks. Yes, yes. All right. Next up is Daryl Taylor looking like Cam Chancellor out there with his hit in the open field. That was the sexiest play in my you opinion. Do, you do love a nice hit in open field. Remember, he's my boothang. It's true. Yeah. And then Al Woods is a consistent play and difference maker out there on the defensive line. He's just so great. I just love Al Woods. Quandary Diggs with his yes. fifth interception of the season. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Pay the man. Seriously. Pay him. Keep him around. We need him. Puna Ford with his tackles for loss. Getting into yeah. that backfield and yeah, tackling for loss. So good. Jordan Brooks living up to that first round draft pick status with an incredible stop on the screen pass, which he must have been talking to KJ Wright because who was the best at stopping those? I mean, it was KJ Wright. KJ Wright. Yeah, absolutely. So those were my sexy awards that got a shout out throughout the game when I was live so tweeting. funny. And so anytime one of those plays happened, I was just like, so-and-so is sexy. That sexy, sexy man. And Kate's just like, all right. I was (laughs) like, well, you know, it's fine. What can I do? I know what you're saying. Right. I agree. So shout out to the whole defense. Yes. Overall looking wonderful. Yes. Um, Especially being down, you know, Mm -hmm. Jamal Adams isn't on the field. DJ Reed wasn't on the field. So nothing but respect for that defense with the next man up mentality out there. True. And you know, just because I gotta say it, I did love seeing Ryan Neal out there a lot. And uh he's just I love you, Ryan Neal. You do. <laughs> All right. So on to special teams, Jason Myers made one field goal attempt and he made his extra point this week. So hopefully yes. for him, yes, granted, Jason it was Myers. only one try for each of those teams. You things, know what? But, but that's what it takes. Sometimes it's a small steady to just, just, get, get, just gotta get, get into it. it. You just gotta get back in Make that those groove. kicks, make those tiny he did, successes. He did almost miss. The field goal attempt. But he made it, right? He so did make it. it. I know. But I was like, oh, no, please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. Yeah. Overall, it doesn't matter how close you get to missing it as long as you don't miss it. Right. right. That's the important thing with football. Yeah. Not with horseshoes. Horseshoes, so, you can still get close. Yes. Yeah. So Michael Dixon, our punter, who yes. is was the top vote getter for his position yes. for the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, On Tuesday's game, he set Seattle's single-season record for punts inside the 20 with 35. That's that's incredible. So this is amazing for Dixon because that's, like, such a – special teams is so important to pin teams back within the 20. The unfortunate part about this is that we've had to punt it so many (laughs) times that would allow (laughs) Dixon to down it that many times within the 20. Yeah. Yeah. Because usually what I would have to say is we're usually on, you know, our 40 or the 50 and, and we're punting. And it's just like, oh, it's like, right. We're so yes. close to even just being like 20 yards away yeah. from a field goal position. But we, we're needing to punt it. Which makes it kind of even more impressive that he's able to to do that. Because, um, you know, I would imagine, you know, you, I, I obviously don't, I'm not a punter, you know. But I would imagine if you're going to punt the ball, you know, you'd have to do it differently depending on how far back you are Mm -hmm. to get it into a certain distance and just being able to really hone that in and get it where it needs to go. That's right. It's an impressive thing. Well, that rock wraps up the Hawkeye analysis. Let's take us over to Kate's corner. There we go. There's my little singing intro. So, okay. So since we're talking about rugby up next, we have a special guest on, Um, up next in our next segment, I thought it might be good to tie, it might be a good time to talk a little bit about Major League Rugby. So yeah. So here's the thing. A lot of people were finding out, didn't know Seattle had a Major League Rugby team. A lot of people don't realize that. And I mean, we had sort of like heard about it before the podcast had started, but then we were like, we don't really know anything Mm -hmm. about it. And so, you know, obviously diving into this whole, this whole podcast arena, we've been able to um, to learn more, to get connected, especially Twitter. Like it's the best, it's been the best way to get connected. I think, Rucky's like my new best friend. I don't know. I'm still going to stick with it. Um, so, so here's the thing about major league rugby. So, um, there were, there were some, you know, different teams spread out around the country and there were like nine of them that kind of came together to, to get it started. Um, Mm -hmm. and then when it was time to actually get started, only seven teams really started in that inaugural season. Of major league rugby in 2018 for major league rugby. And that was Austin, Houston, New Orleans, Utah, Seattle, San Diego, and then Glendale, Colorado, not Glendale, California. Um, then in 2019, uh, New York and Toronto joined in. In 2020, um, Atlanta, Boston, mm-hmm. and then DC joined in. And the 2020 season only had like f- f- like five games and or something then before the rest it ended were getting canceled. canceled because of COVID. But those teams joined then. Um, Los Angeles joined in 2021. So this, this past season, and then this season, um, Dallas is joining. So there'll be 13 teams total because, um, the Glendale, Colorado team decided to pull out of the league, uh, pull out of the league to work on, I think, player development. And so there's, they've divided the league into two conferences, Eastern conference and Western conference. So Western conference has Seattle, San Diego, Utah, Austin, Houston, and Dallas, and the Eastern Conference has New Orleans, New York, Toronto, Atlanta, D.C., New England, and I believe L.A., but I could be wrong. L.A. might be moved over to Western. I'm not really sure because now Which the conferences sense. Yeah. are uneven because um, Colorado used to be in the Western Conference. So I'm not – I'll say I'm not 100% sure about what's happening with L.A., but um, but they're in there somewhere. And so the 2022 season starts for our Seattle Seawolves on February 6th. They do have – two exhibition matches ahead mm-hmm. of that on January 22nd and 28th tickets are available. So go find a match that you can attend. And, you know, I have a feeling that after talking to Brad, that I'm probably going to want to go to like, a I lot think we're going to go to, we're going to have to see if we, how many we can get to. Yeah. So, and we hope that we see, all of you there yes if you're new to rugby so are we yes so we can all learn together yes and it sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun in some of the research that we did to prep for the interview it sounds like just awesome so really fun fan experience excited about it yeah yeah so coming up next is our special guest segment with the seattle seawolves brad tucker woohoo Today, we have a very special guest with us from the major league rugby team, the Seattle Seawolves player, Brad Tucker. Brad hails from New Zealand and has been with the Seawolves since 2019. And Brad was named the major league rugby player of the year in 2019. And that happened to be the second consecutive year that the Seattle Seawolves won the MLR championship. Thank you for joining us, Brad.
1: No, thanks for having me. Exciting to be on.
0: Yeah, and um, fun fact for our listeners, in case they don't know, but the Seawolves are the second team in U.S. sports history to win the first two championships in their respective league and the only back-to-back champions in Seattle's professional sports history. So that's a big thing. Did you know that, Brad?
1: Uh, I knew the first part, but I didn't know the second one. So that's Look, I guess that means that the
0: Seawolves are the best uh, sports team in Seattle. (laughs) And I took that from the sea wolves website. So hopefully it's It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's dive into some questions for you, Brad. Yeah. All right. So for individuals who are just getting into rugby, like ourselves, Mm. can you speak to what made you fall in love with the game and what the most exciting part is about watching it and playing the sport?
1: For me, obviously, I'm from New Zealand, so rugby is like football for us. It's uh, it's our national sport, and it's sort of it's what you start playing. So uh, from the youngest age, I can just remember watching rugby, Mm. Um, watching the All Blacks, which is the New Zealand national team, uh, very successful team over the years, and then uh, I guess aspiring to be a rugby player from there. So I started when I was four years old, Mm, Um, and I think that's sort of the beauty of rugby and, and why it can be a sport for everyone. It is a sport for everyone Mm because you can start young and it progresses from not, it's always an evasion sport. That's a big thing about rugby that's slept on is uh, Mm. everyone thinks it's a contact sport, but it's an evasion sport. Uh, Obviously if you can get to the goal line without getting touched, it's a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, sure. And uh, that. I guess the best thing about it is sort of the culture and the team, the the team aspect and the environment that grows because it's a sport for people of all heights and weights and sizes, uh, boys and girls. Um, it just Mm. creates community. And that's, I think something I've played sports and a lot of different sports my whole life and no sport has had that community aspect Mm. that a rugby team or club builds. And I think for me, that's really the thing that stands out.
0: Yeah. I love it. I remember, um, I went to Washington state university, which is on the east side. And I remember uh, I was a softball player growing up and I was at the gym. I was at the rec center and they had the rugby table there for the women's rugby team for (laughs) WSU. And they were trying to recruit me. And I was just like, I just know my body too much that I'd probably feel broken after like one practice, (laughs) one practice. as much as I I love sports and competing. And I, you know, they're like, you should play you, you'd be great. And I was just like, I probably shouldn't. But fun fact too, is Carly uh, McKinnon, we actually were roomed together for our orientation at WSU for our freshman year there. And we didn't like, we happened to get reconnected through the Seawolves rugby, you know, team and stuff. And I was like, I think I roomed with you for orientation. (laughs) She's like, I think I also recognize <laughs> your name and your face, and I was just like, we could have been almost teammates because she played rugby at WSU. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome, you know you you stating that it's for boys and girls, and anybody can play in different body mm-hmm. types and shapes and and styles. So I love that you said that. Yeah, because that's definitely not true for a lot of sports. Um, so it's nice that there's there's options out there for definitely all yeah. kinds of folks. So um, so I'm kind of wondering about. How is playing professional rugby in the states different from playing in New Zealand, where rugby has a much like long, longer-standing history and popularity there versus here?
1: Yeah, I think the the major difference is obviously in New Zealand we have a massive club sport scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so here you you know you go play at high school and then you play at college and then from there you're straight into professional sports. Mm. Uh, which for someone from where I'm from is like a bit eye-opening because we we play, obviously, for club rugby when you're a junior and then you go to high school and you play for your high school. Uh, but after that, you go straight into club sports again
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then you sort of work your way up the ranks in club sport and then once, I guess, you know, you're performing consistently at the top in club, then you get a chance professionally after that. Um, I, th- I think that's the big change, but... I think that's a challenge for us in rugby to to try and grow the club community here
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to, to provide opportunities, you know, not. So if you didn't go to college, there's still opportunity for you to get into professional sports. Sure. Um, because, you know, if you go and become a builder or a plumber or whatnot, the opportunity should still be equal as it is to if you go to college and you've got more eyes on you. And I think that's really what mm-hmm. we're here in America just now.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's a really good point. I don't know if I had really thought about that for sports. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. How do you get like noticed or seen mm-hmm. if you're not somebody that went through that whole like that very tailored yeah. method of becoming a professional athlete? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing with well, I think with all sports, but particularly with rugby is because it's a sport that can literally be played by anybody of any body type, uh, brains, no matter what, like mm-hmm. there's a spot for everyone. So you I think having to, you know, go through the college system and look, college isn't for everyone, especially a lot of athletes. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably rather not, but they they have to to, to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we, you know, if rugby can provide that opportunity, it could really open up as a point of difference going forward.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you said that Colorado, the Colorado team was wanting to focus more on. Yeah. They had pulled out of the league. Yeah. So Colorado had pulled out of the league for major league rugby because they wanted to. It sounded like in my research that yeah. they had wanted to focus more on developing like, players. players in yeah. From
1: my understanding there, they've gone down the lines of an academy approach and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I guess uh, the, the club approach of growing guys that not necessarily have gone to college or Mm -hmm. might get be a diamond in the rough that have been a late bloomer and that's other thing about rugby is you know you might not have your best season until you're 28 27 years old and that's Mm -hmm. when you get your first professional chance in New Zealand that's quite a common occurrence but wow uh, you know it can be quite challenging for guys uh that aren't getting the opportunities for that to Mm -hmm. happen
0: that's amazing yeah. So, you know, something that we we read is that you like to before each game, you will write your focus down on a note on a note card. Is that something you still do? And how do you feel like that helps your mental and physical game on the pitch?
1: Yeah, for me, um, I used to be like, a. I guess, a professional an athlete that could have a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 game. And then the next week could, you know, have a three or a four. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, anyone that sort of has played sports probably has, can understand that, uh, or anyone that works can understand that one day (laughs) and the next day at work, it's really hard. Um, and my thing was, uh, you know, I did a lot of work with, we had a team psychologist at the time, and it was sort of my first time working with a a psych and they were like well what's your routine and i thought i had a good routine but for me it was finding well grounding myself before a game and then visualizing not only like obviously the personal success but the success that you want the team to have and what my job is in the team environment Uh, and then breaking it down to a few focus points for the game Uh, and then i found that writing them down and then i'll take a walk around the field um and visualize sort of different parts of the game and different parts of the field and go from there and, and I think developing that routine really helped me become more of a consistent performer hmm. uh, and it was something that I had to tinker with and play with but I know now that if I miss it uh I'm just I'm I'm nervous before the game if you're out
0: of it. routine yeah 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 that's pretty, that's pretty helpful. I well, can I, so focusing yourself I, ahead yes. of time would be very good. I graduated with my degree in psychology. So I'm always interested about the mental game of sports. So yeah, no, I'm
1: really passionate. I'm big into the mental side of things. And, you know, if you can, well, for me, obviously it helps me. So I, I try and help everyone out and say that, you yeah. know, just give, give it a go and not if one thing's not going to work for everybody so you've got to find out for you as well
0: you have to figure out what works for you what makes you tick what your motivation is and what inspires you and motivates you to like be your best self yeah and how the importance of your mental game and staying focused and not you know get shaken up by what's going on or Mm -hmm. maybe by errors or anything like that in the game um how much important like how important that is in tandem with the physical game i think so many people focus on how are you physically or how talented are you physically but yeah, how talented sure. are you mentally on yeah. top of that so mm-hmm. i love that you spoke you, you just spoke about that and um it's why i wanted to ask that question
1: yeah and definitely, like my thing is put the work in during the week and you already know you're prepared physically and the rest is just the top five inches you know it's just yeah, just, yeah. keep on top of that
0: awesome that's a good point um Okay, so the Major League Rugby is kind of newer in things and COVID sort of hit pretty early on in the in the league history there. So, how do you think that that um with the 2020 season basically being mostly canceled, how do you think that had an effect on the trajectory of the team and like or like roster changes because of that and everything? How did that sort of affect what was going on with the Sea Wolves?
1: Yeah, I think it was. Um, obviously, it was really challenging as a player. It was really challenging, and uh, particularly as an athlete in terms of, you know, it was the first time in my life I've never, had, well, we'd never had competitive sports or anything wow. for for an extended period of time. Um, and I didn't really. I mean, it hit me hard. I started um, sim racing. I bought a sim racing steering wheel and started. Wow. Like- i need I, I needed some competition like, yeah. I like, <laughs> down the like i was like what do i do here so yep. that was that was my out yeah uh, but for the team i think it created a lot of uh a lot of turnover because just life was so we didn't know what was going to happen next mm-hmm. uh you know we came into that 2020 season obviously aspiring to win three three in a row um and we got five games in and then the net you know owner turned up to training and was like that's it this is it boys like we're done for the season and then yeah. um, what the league did that was pretty fun and kept us engaged for a while is we had a virtual um comp on oh. uh, on playstation and they wow everyone got a rugby game and we all versed each other unfortunately we didn't win that
0: but, <laughs> oh <yeah>. that <laughs> should have awesome. had me on your team i'm a gamer uh,
1: same, uh, same. I, I decided I wouldn't do the first few games, and we got a hiding. And then I was like, "All right, we, we need a practice, boys." So there you go. We
0: finished,
1: <laughs> yeah. we finished strong, but um, and then we went into to the following season, uh, 2021, uh, and there was still a lot of uncertainty. But mm-hmm. I must say the league handled things really well. We knew our expectations and what we needed to do to be able to train and play and and, and keep playing and. Seawolves in 2021 I don't think we had one COVID case through a whole season that's so incredible
0: yeah it's amazing that was
1: awesome uh and wow. it certainly made uh made our lives a lot easier not having to have players missing one thing that I'll say that was tough is after having a year off um you know getting back into the the workload and stuff was hard I ended up getting injured and missing most of the season mm-hmm. um and I just I think you know, it was a, a bit of decondition because of, you know, having a whole year off, which we'd never had. Yeah. Um, so that was challenging. And then, uh, obviously we had coaching change coming out of it as well, but the team, you know, the seawolves now is in a really good, really good place. Um, but okay. COVID definitely had its challenges.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. And so, Something that you had said when you guys won the championship in 2019 is that you wanted to build a dynasty with the Seawolves. That so this, you wanted this to be a dynasty. So how do we bring back the shield to the Seawolves rugby team coming into 2022? What does that look like? How do you build the dynasty here in Seattle? Because I guarantee you that Seattle sports fans are going to totally want to rally behind this. Yeah. We're into oh, 100%. that. hundred uh,
1: percent. I think for us as players, it's, you know, it's putting in the hard yards now. Um, we've been getting stuck in and the group that's in town has been working hard and, you know, it's cold outside and it's mm-hmm. not nice at the moment, but that's, lungs that's are
0: burning of, yeah, <laughs> in that cold the lung, weather.
1: I'll tell you for free that the lungs are burning going for runs at the moment, but it's definitely, you no, know, that's part of Seattle. Uh, it's building that resiliency and, you know, um, it's building, it's building off how we finished last year. I think we struggled at the start of the year and we finished really strongly. Mm. And it's just taking that trajectory and moving forward. Uh, we've got a really strong coaching staff and the, the management team's really, really sharp. Uh, so it's really going to come down to us putting the performances on the field. And we know every time we turn out at Starfire that we're going to have the loudest fans in the MLR behind us. Yes. So yes. You know, it's something that as a someone that's played in, stadiums back home that are you know five six seven times bigger than Starfire it's still the loudest place I've ever played so
0: it's <laughs> wow yes. that is that says a lot Seattle fans Seattle yeah, no, the Seattle we're fans fans gonna get more noise show up yeah, noisy. yeah we are
1: yeah <laughs> uh, well as a foreigner coming in let me uh, we love it we can't we can't can't stress that enough.
0: Oh, oh. Good. oh, good. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad it's not distracting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just as long as no one's screaming when we're trying to call the line outs. That was the, f- that was the only thing when the first game that I got to, the whole crowd was screaming and we we're trying to call the line out. Oh, yeah. And I was like, we can't do this, sucker. We don't <laughs> so everybody
0: ball. listening, you need to know. Be, <laughs> be quiet then. Yes. When they're in those parallel lines. When the other team have the ball,
1: they make as much noise as you can. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: We can do that. We can do that. Um, you mentioned like uh, a minute or two ago about how you had gotten injured last season. And so how has the rehab been going? Do you feel like you're going to be ready for this season?
1: Yeah, I... um ended up with two bung achilles which was really oh. unfortunate at the same time uh it was tough i hadn't been hurt for ages so it was it was really frustrating especially you know coming it felt like it was the only we hadn't played rugby for so long and then to miss more rugby was was really hard yeah um but i'm feeling real good uh we've had a good preseason, and medical staff here is is world class i can't stress that enough we That's get hard. well looked after and uh now nah, i'm rearing to go um nice. yes can't wait to get back out there to be honest
0: That's, we're excited to see you out I'm there excited. we're gonna yeah. lock in our uh, I know tickets we've, we've been like looking at the calendar to like get the dates figured out that we can that we can show up so we're yeah. excited we know we're gonna come to the 1st preseason game yeah. and then new orleans for sure new orleans for sure i think and then i think you also said la la yeah. yeah so we'll probably do a few more than that too but
1: yeah i'd suggest the uh when LA and San Diego come to town, those will be big hit. Okay. Good to know.
0: All right. Add San Diego to the mix. I like it. So we heard that one thing that makes being a rugby fan or in player so fun is that rugby teams come together after the matches to celebrate with the fans. Is that something that major league rugby teams do? And if so, is that something that has been able to happen or continue happening since the pandemic started?
1: Uh, Definitely in 2019, we would try and uh greet and say thank you to as many fans as we could post match and then as you touched on one thing with rugby is you'll go and have a meal and a beer normally yeah. and a bit of a prize giving uh you know each team will give out a man of the match
0: uh wow.
1: to the other team um and then normally there's a, a drinking game or two thrown in there to cap <laughs> it off. Makes um sense. but that is something that's really cool about rugby. Um you i guess you know we go to battle on the field and then once it's over it's over and there's no bad blood and you have a beer but uh definitely once you're uh once you cross that white line it's a different it's a different of course.
0: but yes.
1: as as i said as soon as the final whistle blows it's uh you know we're all doing the same thing and mm-hmm. we've got a lot of good mates scattered throughout the league so it's always good to butt heads with them and then mm-hmm. have a beer after the game so it's definitely something that rugby has that, that other sports probably don't
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah. And I don't know the Seattle fans need to rally behind that. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I'm always the person that's just like, I love it when people can get along, like when we're watching football (laughs) and like, you know, one one team member is down and somebody from the other team like helps them get up. I'm always like, look at that. They're like helping. I mean, like, yay. So Kate okay, always <laughs> refers to herself like, I'm like the mom of sports. Like I'm just all about like you I know, just like it when people being can, kind, like, you know, which is I mean, great. Cause I think there's there's something to be said for like being competitive, right? But it's like at the same time, like you said, you know, you're there doing you're doing the same kind of job, the same thing, but when it's over, like it's, it's over. Like we can still be like people and nice to each other. We don't have to be,
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, have
0: bad sportsmanship about it or yeah, sports or anything. So, yeah. So we do have some fan questions for you. Okay. We have a few of them. So if Kate, do you want to start off with yeah. the first question? So Rick Judd 21 asks, how does the play of a sevens match differ from playing a traditional rugby match?
1: Yeah, so I actually played a lot of sevens when I was younger and a bit uh, a bit skinnier. Um, (laughs) Sevens is is shorter, so it's Mm -hmm. only fourteen minutes, seven minutes each way. But you normally play five games in a day, so there's still a lot of rugby played on the day. Um, Firstly, it's not quite as physical. There's not. It's definitely more of an evasion sport even to a, to a further extent, uh, there's only mm-hmm. seven guys on the same size field. So you, in sevens, you're really looking to, it's the same premise, but manipulate the defense to create space to score tries, Right. Uh, but you just have a bit more space to start with. Um, and definitely the, the fitter and faster guys, um, sevens is their game. Um, mm. it's, uh, it is probably the, it does, it's a bit tough on the big Fords, um, <laughs> It's definitely not for the big, big boys, but uh, it, yeah. In New Zealand, we have um, – my club used to have a big boys team and only the big guys played for them, and they'd be mauling down the field uh, in sevens. <laughs>
0: How entertaining was that to oh, watch? Oh, it was
1: awesome, especially when they'd beat a team that they shouldn't beat. It was just – it was chaos. It was fun. Um, wow. But it's, uh, it's definitely different and faster and shorter, so – it's it's, a, it's an electric game to watch. Sevens is always something going on. The, the mm-hmm. game doesn't stop. There's definitely nowhere near as much stop and starting as in normal rugby as well.
0: I can imagine with like 14 minutes total, like seven minutes each half, like yeah. it has to be really fast. Like you're, I would assume that the players would be going like all out. Oh, you're,
1: you're just full noise the whole time. You're not trying
0: more. to like save up your, like, you it's know, like a sprint. Yeah. You're not trying yeah. to go for 80 minutes and needing to save up your, you know, your energy. You're just going.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you don't have to make as many tackles and you don't get the ball as much. And the rucks, there's only three man scrums and most mm-hmm. rucks only have two players at them. So as the 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 confrontational side of it's not as big, but definitely the cardio impact is tough <laughs> on the lungs. <ones>.
0: I can <laughs> imagine. So I would not be good at sevens. So that would not be for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe back when I was in high school I could manage it, but now it's definitely not. Um, which leads us to our next question, actually, which is kind of related to this. So Phillips Chris 12, he's our buddy over at the um the Ballhawks podcast. So they they do a, a Seattle Seahawks and and uh, Ravens um NFL podcast over there, but Phillips, Chris asked, do you prefer the traditional 15 aside or the sevens? So I guess, I mean, I'm, I almost assume what your answer is here, but I'm curious.
1: Uh, yeah, I think definitely now, uh, 15s, but I, I definitely went through a stage in my career where I, I strongly thought about specializing in sevens and, and, and trying to represent the country down that alleyway. But mm-hmm. uh sevens has got to the stage where most players that play at the highest level specialize in sevens because you do just have to be so fit. Um yep. especially to play at the top. It's just it's just running. It's just running yeah. and running. Um, but it's again, it's awesome. And the one thing that I will say is anyone that can play sevens as they're growing up, uh definitely do it because one normally you play in summer so you keep fit over summer Mm. and secondly it is really good for your skills um passing it's you got to do a lot longer passes um than you do in 15s because there's only seven players on the field it is an awesome sport for for skill development and if if you're quick and fit it's an awesome sport going going forward
0: So with that, then I'm curious because the conversions, you have to make the conversion from where the, pl- the place started on the field. Is that correct? And so uh, we
1: scored from where you scored. Where you scored yeah.
0: When, from where you scored. Okay. So so scored I was curious corner, if with sevens, if that would be.
1: Yeah. So the only different. difference in sevens is um, you drop kick the ball for all the conversions. So oh, okay. kickers in 15s kick off a tee. Um, yeah. And then in sevens, they just do a from hand drop kick uh which is a another hard skill um so you'll have, <laughs> have to have a kicker on the team i can't say i took too many conversions after scoring a try <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey we all need to know our skill sets it's and true. just admit what it's those true. are so that's yeah there's more than one person on a team for sure so um so what do you feel like is the best part about playing in seattle this is from ll rugby and then also, what is one location that is like a thumbs down, like you don't like playing at?
1: Uh, best thing about, I mean, best thing about playing in Seattle has got to be the fans. I mean, you just, it's a no brainer. Mm. Um, it's just—it's an epic atmosphere. It's not all
0: the rain that we get here in Seattle. It's not that.
1: <laughs> hey, rugby's a rugby's a hard sport. It's rain doesn't make it worse. So if anything, it makes it easier to breathe sometimes. So wow, okay. No complaints. You just okay. got to make sure you watch the ball and make sure you catch it properly. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: But rain's definitely. Nah, rain's good. I have no no qualms with rain. I think if you live and play in Seattle, then you've got to embrace the you rain. You have to love it. the rain. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're going to be uh, dirty and muddy and that's fine. It's just the way that exactly,
1: it is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's a winter sport. So we, we're used to that. Uh, on that, I think uh, it's pretty tough going down to like New Orleans and it's not winter down there at all. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. You can't breathe for it being too hot. And it's not raining, but you're wet. It's so sweaty. So, yeah, the
0: humidity there is
1: all in. Yeah, I think that's probably an environment that I'd never experienced. Oh, I'd never experienced in New Zealand. Um, I can only compare it to playing rugby in, in Asia or Hong Kong. I've played mm-hmm. there, and it was just the humidity's. you know,
0: 99.
1: Yeah. And it's, oh, I don't know my uh, Fahrenheit too well, but it's, that's okay. you know, in the 90s heat wise, it's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What would you say is your absolute favorite or most memorable place you have played then? You've played in a lot of different areas, countries. What was your number one place you could say is like your favorite? Ooh. Sorry, that's probably a really hard question. That's a hard you. question. I think, um,
1: well, personally, the first time I played uh, at where I grew up's home ground in Christchurch was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the stadiums here, I mean, playing in uh, in the Coliseum in LA was pretty pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think I'd ever been inside a stadium that big in my life. I mean, New Zealand, we cap out at about 30,000, 40,000. And okay. I don't know how many people can sit in that place, but it was just like. A you know, lot. You could, yeah. yeah, you could hardly yeah. see the sky in there, you know, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think definitely LA was cool. Uh, and then. You know, it's someone coming from here, really any new place we go and play is a new experience. Um, when you haven't seen, you know, this country, everywhere you go is so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everywhere we go is, is, somewhere, is somewhere really cool. Obviously, you start not liking them if you don't don't win there or whatnot but anywhere (laughs) anywhere we go and win i quite like playing
0: (laughs) i can imagine that is a good feeling to be like i've been here and i've won and it feels so good to be here again (laughs) because we've won here yeah
1: Yeah. you you get good vibes in certain stadiums and Mm -hmm. definitely you definitely get bad vibes in certain stadiums that you don't go well at so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so what would you say for any you know new rugby fans out there people who want to get into rugby what is the one thing that you feel would be like a really good hook to pull them in like what why should they come support the Seawolves in 2022
1: oh my sales pitch I'm not too good at this stuff let's
0: see (laughs) I think you've done a great job this entire time I would I would come just based off of exactly quite convinced
1: um my biggest thing would just be to, to get a rugby ball
0: uh, oh yeah it's, just, one. it's diff- yeah. <laughs> I'm already hooked. i'm coming
1: it's a different it's a different ball and you know it's easier mm. to kick it's easier to pass um it's it's a good size uh but that was the biggest thing i think you know every single garage or sports box or toy box in new zealand has a rugby ball in it and i think that's why mm. uh you know so many people get so hooked on the sport because there's so many little games you can play with it and uh,
0: that's yeah. that's really
1: it for me is get, get that ball in hand and and then yeah. you know have a game of touch with your friends or a bit of backyard rugby and and then you can't really go wrong
0: guess what we're gonna get when we go to a game we'll have to get, get a, a ball. rugby ball yeah we should get a ball mm.
1: yeah you've got to get Add one to
0: the collection we i know i'm like accumulating so much sports stuff that i feel bad that this entire it's room fine. is going to be converted to like not hey, there's fine.
1: nothing there's nothing wrong with that
0: my women's so, sports den happy i still wife, go happy. home
1: i go get- <laughs> When I go home, my parents still have a meltdown at me about the amount of sports stuff that's just all still laden through their garage. So there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that.
0: Look, I don't have my sports stuff from my days playing sports. That's all in the storage unit. So yeah. I maybe I do need to pull that out just because I should be proud of myself too. You should
1: be allowed to. there should be a bat hanging around somewhere, you know. Nothing wrong there with should, that.
0: Yeah, like my like bat, like just like in a case right here. <laughs> yeah. Just a shelf. Just for the, That's what yeah. it should be. I don't yeah, even, I, I actually do have a bat. I we think could figure that out. We should. I'm good sure idea. Can. See, yeah. this is gonna. I'm gonna have a bat hanging up right out here, and I need to have you sign it so that it's like proof that you told me <laughs> that I should hang. Yeah. Hey, I'm done. That sounds good. Bring okay, it, bring it's it to a deal. The match. Bring it to a match. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today yes. for the Pacific Northwest Showdown so podcast. Good. We love talking with you. I'm so glad we got connected, mm-hmm. and we look forward to seeing you out there on the pitch this year. And hope that we can connect again sometime soon. But thank you so much for being here today.
1: No, that's awesome. And as I said at the start, thanks for having me on and, you know, taking on the challenge of talking about rugby and learning learning more of the game and exposing more people to the game. Yeah. Um, that's massive to us. Uh, we love it. And we we, we love more people to, to see our sport and get involved. So thank you very much. And uh, have a great Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, and
0: Merry hopefully Christmas, we'll happy. get to...
1: Meet in person at one of the games.
0: We're going to. We're going to be there. It's going to happen. happen. Make
1: sure you hunt me down.
0: All right. We will. Thank you so much, Brad. All right. It was great talking with Brad. Yes. That was so fun. But this unfortunately leads us to the end of episode 14 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown Holiday Edition. It went by so fast. It went by so fast. (laughs) But we want to thank all of you for listening this week to our special holiday episode. And Kate, where can they find us on social media? Yeah. Hi, everybody. In case you're not following us on social media, we are at PNW Showdown on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Um, Twitter gets a lot of a lot of the action. But you know, there's some fun stuff on there. And on the TikTok, there's been some cute animal videos lately that Michaela has put together. So feel free to check those when there are postponed games and a couple of days between (laughs) sports sometimes you just need to give the people what they want sometimes that's animal videos it's true it's absolutely true oh there's another well absolutely was that today it was like six hey it's a holiday edition if you have your spiked eggnog your cranberry saint germain yeah gin beverage yeah whatever you're drinking whatever you're drinking Have fun with all those we hope that each of you find moments of peace and joy over this holiday weekend remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time Hey, Michaela, so um it's almost Christmas, which means a lot of things <laughs> we do that all the time around the house. We do um, just randomly start doing that. But you know, Christmas to me means a lot of things and makes me feel happy and excited for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but one of those reasons is food, and you know I love food. Of course it is. is. I love food, I love food as food well so much. So what food are you looking forward to on Christmas or, you know, in those couple of days of Christmas that we get yeah. to celebrate? Um, you know, I keep hearing you talk about these cheesy potatoes that you might make. Yeah. And that sounds wonderful and delicious. Yeah, I do love cheesy potatoes. But I'm cheos. a grazer, which means I like snacking yes. while we're at like holiday functions. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I don't really know what the spreads will be, but typically cheese and crackers and meats are involved. Yes, which is somewhere. Everybody, Yes a normal I would say a normal thing that's available sure and sometimes I'll also like what I like to do after everybody eats I like to like go around to like the leftovers that are still in the pots and dishes and things and I'll just like start grazing and picking at those things yeah yeah don't worry no double dipping with spoons or anything I try to be smart about that stuff yeah I I don't know I'm just one of those people like like, put another little like bite or two on your plate and get like a couple more or just like grab a clean spoon and just like you just want one bite so you just like popping in totally yeah totally i do that here sometimes i just don't think you realize because i go into the kitchen yeah and then like we'll have like extras on the stove and i'll just like put my fork in and i'm just glad you like i'm glad you like what we make that's nice yeah what about you um you know i i'm excited we're gonna have we're gonna have probably a lot of meals that are gonna be amazing Yes, we're gonna have at least four Like Christmas Christmas meals, meals, yeah. In two days. Um with being very, you know, safe and cautious and all that kind of stuff as well. Being around family. But um, but one thing I just found out about was that uh, my sister-in-law is making lasagna for one of the one of the dishes uh, for Christmas with my family side. So and she's Italian. She is, and I'm her lasagna is real good. So I'm kind of really pumped for that because I don't get homemade lasagna very often, and um, and I'm I'm really if I about tried it, to make you homemade lasagna. I mean, I'm sure it would be great. I don't know. Maybe. I guess I just need to start trying. Yeah, you just need to give it a I shot just need to try. Yeah, you you know people who can cook, so you could ask for help if you. need I do to. actually. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So dang it, there's another one. Ah. <sighs> Well, everybody know that you're under the table (laughs) drunk because Kate can't stop saying absolutely. I can't stop saying it. Ah. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I hope you enjoy all your food that you get to eat too, (laughs) no matter where you are. Goodbye. (laughs)